Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name's Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by the one and only Sambo. How are ya? Uh, I'm good. I am freezing, to be honest. I think I got a... Uh, oh, are ya? Yeah, just in a, in a room with a non-functioning heater at the moment, just the spare room that we've just... Not not bothered to uh, to fix up the heat that needs fixing, um, but it has suddenly become the new podcast studio, and so I just freeze. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, freeze my essentials <laughs> off while I'm in here. And uh, <laughs> nah, but to be fair, I think being outside in that uh, not fantastic weather that you and I were in it for for the majority of the day just didn't set me up well, and I just haven't been able to. To, to, to get the back that inner warmth, that youthful glow that I normally have emanating from within. Yeah, you get that chill. You get that chill in your bones if you're it's, out in it too long. It's not in, an ideal. Gets in scenario. deep and you can't shake it. It's true. Old Jack Frost. Um, <laughs> lots to get to tonight. Uh, on the show, AFL men, the cats. V the Magpies, week 22, big Friday night footy clash. Sort of feels like how the season started for us. About that, we've got to quickly cover the retirement, the announcement of the retirement of a cat, some team selection, all of that sort of thing. We'll end delivering our Patreon match predictions for the Patreon subscribers. If you want to hear that part of the show, head on over to Patreon. And support us for three dollars fifty US per month. Uh, had a few people uh, buzz back saying they'd be pretty keen to hear more episodes of the Chaps Chat Tunes. Sambo, all right, we're on it. I think people enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, our deep dive forensic analysis of Avril Lavigne's back catalogue coming this off season. And we, we did we did confer with uh, with Johnny Larkin that we had got his. Got his uh his albums right, and we were correct. He uh he gave that the uh, the older uh, tick of approval. We we know his uh early two thousands playlist well. Ah yes, I see. You know Johnny Larkin's early two thousands playlist well. Look, <laughs> if, if we went on a quiz show and that happened to be a category, I think we'd nail it. We'd absolutely smash it. We'd lock it in, Eddie. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into it, Sambo. And before we uh, recap, uh, rather preview anything, um, it's hard to know which part of the week uh, we're in at times. Isaac Smith, the former Hawk who became a cat, uh, is well, he's announced his retirement. It says this season will be his last season of AFL footy. Um, pretty big deal. He obviously came to the club. Um, I think was a pretty crucial part of transforming the cats. Uh, it, it, particularly last year. Obviously, you can look at the grand final and say, "Well, he won a Norm Smith and all that sort of thing." But I don't know. I think the addition of someone outside of the club who had been there and done that multiple times. Um. Yeah, what are your sort of what are your feelings? I don't think I'm super surprised by it. Um, 
yeah, I think in our in our conversation mm. probably wasn't even a weeks ago. I think it's probably probably a matter of days ago we were sitting around chatting about who who we expected um to to hang up the boots um at the end of this season and um yeah uh smith was definitely one of the ones that we assumed you know he's he's not necessarily the oldest as far as i'm aware and you know the, he definitely doesn't seem to be showing a lot of signs of uh of age or slowing down or losing his touch or anything but his um the role that he plays is not one that you can hide behind easily you know he, he's not what you look at someone like hawkins and hawkins is bigger and stronger as time goes by and that's all you really need he's got bigger stronger and smarter and that's kind of so he's he's you know not only maintained but improved in a lot of areas whereas um you know when you need someone to be at the endurance and speed level that we need smith to be then it's probably not surprising that you know he wants to he wants to um head out on top i guess head out while he's still effective as opposed to push on and and struggle through another year of being you know, maybe slightly less effective than he could be, et cetera. So, yeah, not not hugely surprising, but um, certainly sad. Like I feel like he 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 did fit in so well in a, in a lot of ways. It feels like he was always there. So there's that that's nice, you know. But on, on the other hand, you you are aware how how briefly he was there in the scheme of things, and that we you know only really just got to know him, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit little bit bittersweet in that way and and certainly it'll be sad to not see him uh jogging out there with the lads um so hopefully he's i don't know i don't know what his uh what his plans are and whatnot but hopefully he's one of those people that you still see around the traps whether it's in the media or still working at one of the clubs or something yeah absolutely and you know, three three years at Geelong, and it, it's funny. I remember at the time, um, ahead of the twenty twenty one season, I feel like there was definitely feedback of like, oh, you know, bringing in another older player. You know, how's the, his endurance going to go? Stuff played twenty four games in twenty twenty one, twenty four games in twenty twenty two, and he's played nineteen uh, so far this season. So. There's been no no question at all um, to, you know, feature heavily for Geelong without needing a bunch of rest. He averaged 22.9 disposals in his first season, 21.5 in his second season, 20.9. Uh, this year, it's just been a super effective weapon uh, for the Cats. Surprising amount of goals, actually. 15 goals. In 2021, 15 goals in 2022. So he's up nearly, he's nearly kicked 40 goals. And he's one goal away from 40 goals for the Cats. Um, mm. I remember, obviously, one that stands out is his winner against Brisbane, I think, in 2021 down at Cadinia Park in a really close game, um, which endeared us, endeared him to us pretty quickly. But that grand final performance was was pretty special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and um, you know, and got a lot of recognition. Luckily, um, you know, he's not always a, a, a attention grabbing, yes. headline grabbing kind of player, so he can sort of sneak under the radar. But um, luckily, that wasn't the case. And and yeah, I think 
I just think it filled a role that I didn't necessarily know that we needed. And maybe that speaks to some of the, the backlash when he was drafted that, you know, we, we don't, we can't all see what, what Scotty and the team can see. So um, either it was fortuitous or, you know, they were looking ahead to what we need. But when you think of about the outs that we've had and the, the sort of holes that we've had, and even things like, you know, a player like Holmes, who's an up and coming player, but the injury woes that he's had and the games that he's Hold. missed, um, you know, there's so many areas like that where you you just have to be so thankful that we've we've had Smith to to you know we've had someone mm. with a bit of leg speed, um, uh, a really good user of the ball, um, and also also I guess just a great um, clubman, like someone that just seems to be really good mm. to have around the team and good good for the young young guys too, like a bit more experience. Um, in uh, in an area that we maybe don't have a lot of experience um, at the moment. Mm. So, yeah, I think just such a vital, and it's it's hard looking back to know whether it was fortuitous or um or very shrewd, uh, <laughs> a very shrewd addition to the team. But yeah, it's such a such a vital player in so many in so many ways. In you know, not just his mm. his abilities and what he brought to the game, but what he brought to the club and the and the players around him as well. It's amazing how quickly he stopped being one of those atrocious hawks and started being like a, a, an easily and much loved cat. Like he mm. so quickly looked like a Geelong player. I know it's sort of sounds weird to say, but there are some players who just simply do not end up seeming like Geelong players, you know, like, mm. but, Isaac Smith seemed to fit in really quickly, and um, yeah, he he quickly rose up Johnny's hot boy rankings. I think hot man he rankings. He's, he's in his thirties, you know, hot man. Probably not hot boy. Um, it's probably you know not not quite the right you know demographic linguistically. He's not a rookie, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think that might have even been one of the first versions. Of the hot yeah. cat rankings that John did, he got in early, and we were surprised. But I mean, John was on the money. Good review. Handsome yeah. Man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say it was. I can't remember <laughs> it was Smith or, or Guthrie first, but uh, isn't it funny that the mm. uh, boy, boy or man? Um, I was talking about this with some guys, some of the lads the other day. That I don't necessarily remember um, being too old to be recruited. Like, I don't remember the point where I got too old to be recruited into the AFL. Like. Well, I, I don't even remember having that realization of going, ah, oh, you know, I probably, I've probably missed. I'm old now, but I have recognized that I'm now at the age where I could, you know, justifiably retire from the AFL. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just missed, missed my whole career and I'm just, I'm just straight to retirement. I think I've had enough. I'm hanging up with these guys. If, 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 if Izzy we, says it's time, I think I, I gotta, I gotta listen. You know, we're so alike we in so many ways. It. We've, you've both achieved a lot in your career. Yeah, um, not just in maybe the we real should world, do, but on the football field as well. It's true. We, maybe we should do some actual, some chaps official footy retirement videos. We'll, yeah. we'll each take it in turns to call a press release. We'll announce our official retirements from footy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is crazy sometimes. You know, I remember when Joel Selwood was, was on like the, the back part of his career and they'd be like, ah. Oh, you know, a veteran of the team, he's achieved so much. And I'm like, he's kind of my age. Yeah. <laughs> when, a couple here, of weeks ago when Isaac Smith, 
Isaac Smith was in a tackle and got up and the the commentator, whoever it was, was like, oh, the creaky bones of Isaac Smith. I was like, piss off, come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> don't, don't put us all out the pasture just yet. Exactly, exactly. Don't want that bucket of oats just yet. Um, now, Sambo, I don't know. I, I can't currently locate the official team ins and outs. It's 17 minutes past six here. Nothing I don't know yet. if you want to have a dig around on the old app. No, nothing yet, but I've we do it, know. It. I've got it. I've got it um, pending. It'll, I'll know as soon as they go live. Well, we do know that um, Shannon Neal has been announced to play in this game. The Geelong Cats Twitter account put up a video. Um, does, that, does that mean he's going to be the same? If, if Chris got announced in a presser, it probably means he'll be the emergency or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tactical sub. Um, so... Uh, I guess we'll, we'll chat some general thoughts about the game before we get to the the ins and outs. Um, hopefully, they'll officially drop shortly. Um, how are you feeling going into this one against the Pies? Obviously, they're missing, you know, a, a pretty key cog in Dacos, but you know, we've been missing pretty key personnel all season, really. Where's where's the the vibe check for you as we go into this pretty pivotal matchup against Collingwood? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm feeling pretty good to be honest. Um, not not in a confident we're going to necessarily win way, but um, I'm feeling good about the fact that the, it's it's a winnable game. Put it that way. I'm not. I'm. But I mean, I'm pretty. I'm a broken record on this. I don't think at any point this year I've gone. Oh, I think we'll lose this. <laughs> <laughs> I generally generally think we've got a pretty good chance, but I do think that you know we've we've got some big outs. Um, you know, uh, Blix, presumably Hawkins, although he, he was listed as a test um, in the uh, in the uh, the medical room uh, website, so presumably he's a he's at least a chance. We know Guthrie's not back because he's been updated. It just says short term, um, so. You know we've got some, we have got some big outs, but we have at least played a game last week, a, a pretty handy game without Hawkins and Blix. So we know if we are missing both of those guys, you know, I think we've we've seen a level that we can play. We've we've set a benchmark. I think we'll need to probably surpass that benchmark to beat to beat Collingwood this week because I know they're I know they're on a, a on a streak and they've got some outs, but um, you know they're gonna have they're gonna bounce back at some point. Um, this is really the first time they've been legitimately challenged all year. So um, presumably, given that they're all professional players and coaches and a professional football club, uh, they're going to bounce back at some point and it could very well be this week. And so we've got to be got to be ready. But I think the fact that we've got a uh, a game under our belt with a, you know, a squad that's going to presumably look pretty similar, um, I think helps us. Um I think yeah, there's been a bit of a a blueprint laid for how how to how to deal with the pies, how to how to take the game away from them. Um, so I think the test will be whether the cats can play effectively in that manner to win, or do we even not try it? Do we just play our game? Uh, and if we do try and sort of play in the manner that has um, put it over the pies in recent uh, in recent games what answer do the pies have if any they got one so i i'm just i'm looking forward to it i guess and not feeling nervous yet i'll be very very darn nervous when that first bounce comes up but at the moment i'm feeling pretty good 
and looking forward to it because there does seem to seem to be clear avenues to victory here. It's not just uh well, let's just hope they've got enough grunt to get over the line. Like it does, it does feel like there's there's real genuine reasons and for us to win and ways that we can win. So um yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. Um I I think like you said, it's a very it, it's an absolutely winnable game. Uh where we're good enough to win it. I, I do love the um the lead in bit on the the AFL app that says something along the lines of um injury struck Collingwood take on reigning premier cats. <laughs> Which I'm like, it's a lovely narrative craft there. Mm-hmm. Um, totally ignoring the injuries that Geelong have, but it's a, it's a it's a nice narrative. Not ladder leading pies take on injured, you know injury riddled injured reigning reigning premiers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, like the disparity in ladder positions. Yeah, great. We're the reigning premiers. When we're, we're currently ninth, as, yeah. as we said, like leading into this season. Whatever happened last year, we don't get extra premiership points. We don't get like a power up or a boost for having won a cup last year. It's like you don't take anything from last season with you. You don't get to start ahead of anyone. You're just another team again. So, um, yeah, interesting. But yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Like it, it, I mean, teams have shown now a few weeks in a row that there are ways to beat Collingwood. And and as we said during the season, like I don't think. I don't think anyone looks absolutely unbeatable. I think what I've noticed watching the last couple of games where Collingwood's lost is that teams, you have to keep your head. You can't, you can't lose your head. You've got to stay calm. I I thought that Hawthorne last week did a really good job of moving the ball sideways to eventually escape Collingwood's like, savage kind of press like there's Mm. just there were so many examples i can think of sort of just coming out of their defensive 50 where collingwood are just surging at them in waves and hawthorne are just getting a quick handball off as they're tackled another quick handball off as they're tackled moving it to the side moving to to the side and then suddenly they find space down the ground but it takes like nerves of steel to keep moving it quickly by hand or by foot and just you gotta just back yourself, back yourself to execute your skills at a high level under a lot of pressure. Um, and then conversely, when they have the ball, you've got to you know, absolutely apply oodles of pressure to them because otherwise they'll they'll carve you up. Um, but I thought that was interesting. There were, there were just some similar moments. I remember watching the game where Carlton beat them, and then the Hawthorne game. And I remember sort of saying in my head both times, I'm like, oh, they can't probably keep this up. Eventually, the Pies are going to stick one of these tackles. It's going to be a turnover. It's going to be a goal. But both teams really stuck at it. And it was, you know, pretty gutsy. And and um, they really had trust in what they were doing. So I, I think Geelong can absolutely do that. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, the teams are out now too. Which has had awesome dropped. Um, so Shannon Neal is listed as the only in for the Cats, uh, and the only out is um, Jack Henry, and of course Parfit, just because he's listed as a sub again. So okay, it's just Henry out, Shannon Neal in, 
And Shannon Neal's listed as like starting in the forward line. Yes. Yeah. Um, full for, full forwards. Wow. Brad Close, Tyson Stengel, and Shannon Neal. That's that's huge. Um, big, yeah. Big stage. Big stage, son. Um, yeah. Had you, I would I would have liked to see Brandon Parfit start as as per our recap, but um, mm. apart from that, I'm pretty happy. Jed Buse. And Menegola once again listed as emergencies. Um, so we don't even mm. know that Parfit will be the sub, I suppose, yet. Um, and Ocean Mullen. So it's Parfit, Mullen, Menegola, and Buse. Buse is an interesting one. Like, it, it does seem to be that he has just been dropped out of favor a little bit. Um, well, that's yeah. my read on it Any, anyway. Um, and I certainly hadn't seen anything to that effect. But, um, yeah. Clearly, clearly there was there was reasoning, um, and uh, yeah, in the in them in in Scott and the uh, lads we trust. Uh, absolutely, um, it's interesting. Like Collingwood, you know, everyone sort of says you know they've got a lot of small forwards, and and they do, but then it's true, and then it isn't true as well. In, in that. They've got rucks that they can throw forward. They've got um, who's the big guy? They got the the big bloke they got from um, Brisbane. I can't think of his name now off the top of my head. But anyway, you know he's down there. It, it, you know McCreary, although he's not like an absolute. You know he's not like a an out and out tall key forward yeah, Mc, or anything. McStay, like McStay, wasn't it? McStay is the one that I'm I'm thinking of from from the Lions. There's enough height there. There's enough big marking players um, that they've got a nice mix, I think. Um, and then, you know, you throw, I, I guess people looking at guys like Jamie Elliott and, and, and that sort of thing um, as, as those small forwards, mm. Ash Johnson, all that. And, and, I, and I get that, but it's not like, it's not like it's a mosquito fleet of, of, you know, I remember there was a season maybe a few years ago where, where Collingwood were more like that, or even Carlton, where Carlton just seemed to have all small forwards and no real key forwards. Or you know, mm. I've seen teams like that. I don't really feel like Collingwood fits that that sort of bill. Who would no, you have I, left I, out? I suppose they don't necessarily have a, a dedicated one. They've got plenty of players that can play it. Um, who would I have left yeah. out to get Parfit in? Yeah, let me. Because I think like Neil coming in for Henry makes sense because you've got mm. now you've got Radigalia, DeConing, Stewart, Zach Guthrie as sort of your tall players down back. But you'd now probably don't want to throw any of them up forward, really. Yeah. Um it's it's a tough one because I guess it would to get him in it would be a whole reshuffle. Um because I, I mm. guess I still come back to Radigalia being in there and the way he kind of throws the the defense around a little bit um in terms of the way it's the way it's structured um so I think it would be a it's not just a take someone out and put Parfit in I suppose mm. um but uh someone I was just looking at and I've lost it um I guess this is a, a broader broader question but what what role do you see O'Connor filling at the moment now that he's not used as a tagger and a, as a shutdown player mm. conceivably? And he's not, he's not particularly 
like it's it's not like I'm I'm hanging on him saying he shouldn't be in there. Um, no, no, but no. I just don't necessarily know what he like. I, I guess I'm looking specifically at what the team's lacking and what Parfit can mm. potentially bring to it. Because Parfit can potentially, if he plays up to his ability and you know works his way into the into the game, well, he can potentially bring exactly what we've mm. been saying we're we're missing all year. Um, so like what what exactly like if you took O'Connor out, what do we then lose specifically? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. We were talking about O'Connor a few weeks ago and saying how mm. it's been funny the couple of games he's missed this season where the, the backline structure of, often looks out of whack. Um, and I think they, I, I mean, I'm just like reading between the lines and stuff, but it seems like they really do like his like, on-field leadership like i remember he was in the leadership group really quickly mm. in his career and and so i think you know he's kind of this medium-sized defender slash you know midfield i mean they've set him up in all sorts of places this year yeah. sort of half is, back is wing. that specifically what they like about him the diversity that they like whereas yeah. half it's like half it does one thing yeah. Midfield. Inside midfield. You know, he doesn't drift forward. He can't drift back. It's like, yeah, you, you can do one thing for us. But the thing is, that one thing that Parfit does really well when he plays his best is like the thing that Geelong have sometimes struggled to find depth at this year, which is just someone to do that sort of hard work at the contest and win a ball out to get it flowing your way. Which isn't something we've had in every game. We've sort of mm, looked a bit exactly, shallow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I would like to see. Him. I hope he's the sub personally. I hope yeah. he's the sub because I feel like he could be a good player to inject in, particularly in a game like this where Collingwood's midfield will be pretty, you know, a formidable opponent. I'm really excited about Shannon Neal. He's been playing pretty well in the VFL. Um, I think he maybe took nine marks and kicked three goals four last week against the Northern Bull Ants. Um, but he started he started no goals three behinds and then finished three goals one. So he, he sort of got his radar in. Um, but yeah, isn't it kind of funny? We were talking about this stuff like, oh, big stage, big stage mm. to come in and play. This is what we're talking about the first like the last few weeks of the preseason when we thought Hawkins might not play or Cameron might not play. We're like, how's Shannon Neal going to go week one against the pies? Like, mm. are you excited to see him? I am. Yeah. It, 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 um, it's a weird one because it feels like it's been not that long, but at the same time, it feels like, I guess when you think about it, it has been quite a while since we, since we saw him out there. Um, yeah. So yeah, I am. I am really excited. I'm. I'm. I don't know why. I'm nervous on his behalf. I guess it's like it, it is going to be a bit of a feral atmosphere. Um, uh, it, I know it's not his, his baptism per se, but it feels like a bit of a baptism of fire, like a welcome back into it yeah. against Collingwood at the G. Um, finals hopes more or less on the line. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a heck of a heck of a scenario to step into, but you know that's. That can that can be a really good 
spot too for a, for a younger player to come into because you know if you if you if you crumble a little bit if it if the pressure gets to you then it's no real knock on your future because there's a lot of excuses and you you know you are only young yada 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 but if you stand up to it it's it's such a such a good um sort of tick on your on your character and your belief um and the uh, you know your ability to be put into the team now as a as a player not just as a mm. as a you know something to to plug a hole that needs filling so um it is a little bit lose lose uh, win win for him i suppose um yeah because i, I as as i said as much as the pressure is high there's no real expectation there's 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 a there's a pressure i suppose on the scenario but i don't think they'd be putting too much expectation on him to come in and fill anyone's shoes in particular he's not presumably he's coming in more to replace henry than hawkins hawkins um hawkins is is still out um but mm. i don't think that neil's in to replace hawkins so much as he is in to replace henry so um yeah look yeah. I'm, I'm excited I, it's it's as i said it doesn't feel like it's been that long but it's been a long while since i actually watched him play um so i'm really excited to see yeah how he's come along you know i've heard so much but i haven't haven't necessarily seen it with my own eyes yet so i'm i'm pretty excited i guess it feels a little bit heightened at this end of the season given like it's another season almost done for hawkins and you know as other players start to retire like i i personally don't think hawkins will retire no neither do I. but having said that with where Shannon Neal is at in his career, like a few years down the path of development, it's games like this where you're like, okay, you've been in the system now a while. Here's an opportunity. What do you look like? Mm. This is a really good chance for, for him to put something on tape that makes him an easier player to pick in 2024. You know, it, mm. it's... It's it's different to to debuting to now a few years into your career being like okay I've got another opportunity how am I going to use it um, so it does have a bit of a different weight just for reference for anyone who hasn't been watching the VFL uh, his last five games he's kicked thirteen goals eight he went three goals two goals one two goals two three goals one three goals four um, he's had thirty one marks including nineteen in his last two games. Um, so yeah, grabbing plenty of marks, kicking goals. I don't think he's been goalless this season. No, he hasn't. He's kicked a goal every, every match this season so far. And his last, as I say, his last five games, three goals, two goals, two goals, three goals, three goals. He's been pretty consistent in a team that hasn't done a heap of scoring. The, the VFL Cats are one of the lowest scoring teams in the comp in 2023. So He's been looking good. He's been looking strong. His set shots on the angle have been super fun to watch. Like if he's tucked in on a pocket, he's like really happy to go back and just drop punt from the boundary. Uh, he, he doesn't seem to feel like he has to lean in, you know, do those banana kicks around the corner or anything like that. He's seems very comfortable sharpshooting from the angle. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. Really excited to see how he goes. Another big test. Um, 
yeah, proof of concept, I guess, for him. Um, well, we move on to one thing we want to see here out of this game. Sambo, you can lead us off here. What's one thing you want to see? Uh, I would like to see, and I, again, I don't know if this is just a broken record at this point, but, you know, I'll keep asking for it until I see it. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. When did they when did they update this? The AFL, sorry, just going through the AFL website, and they've got the, you know, the summary of the game, and it says, players to watch, yeah. Tom Hawkins and Nick Dacos. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh no. Someone's had a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who sleep those on. Um, anyway, the, writing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's purely just based off the form guide, off like the s- stats from the season. Yeah, right. Not much help to it because, uh, yeah, no. Um, what I'd like to see is us to beat them in contested in contested possession. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because. We're not a huge, uh, huge contested possession side this year, um, but neither are they. We're very, we're neck and neck. If you look at the the head to head for the season averages, it's 133.1 for the Magpies, 133.6 for us. Um, so it's and and that's to be honest, given how the 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 disparity between ladder position, uh, the head to head stats is remarkably close. The mm. only thing really that they're that Collingwood are, are beating us in here is is possession, um, season average possession, and they're at three hundred fifty six point eight, and we're at three hundred thirty two point seven. So that's about the biggest average margin in the averages across mm. all the stats here. Disposals as well, they're 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 plus twenty four uh, average disposals. Um, for the season, but uh, yeah, I would like to see us really. I'd like to see us be able to adopt this formula that you know has been shown to um, work against the pies. Like you were talking about, like a bit of possession, a bit of lateral movement, um, fast mm. hands until until you get a chance to switch it and then opening up. I'd love to see us do that, and you know, do the the smart thing, which is use this ploy and, and this tactic and and win. But I would like to. I'd also just like to see that we're we're just beating them. At football as well, do you know what I mean? That's what that's where it comes down to the contested possession. Hmm. I would just like to also just see us smash them, not because some weakness in Collingwood has been found and we've been able to exploit it, not because they're lacking, you know, this player or that player, but just because we're faster, stronger, and more determined to win win the ball when it's in contention. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny to go back to that first game we played against them. Mm. Um, we were up. Um, what was it? Ninety-nine to ninety-three. Yep. Going into three-quarter time, we kicked twelve goals one in the first half. So, it, you know, it took that. Now they rattled off what one, two, three, last eight goals of the game had a big fade out in that last quarter and, and, you know, mm-hmm. we were losing players. They were hot. Remember we came into that game going, this feels like a really hard situation for the cats to come into like yeah. all off season. It's been Collingwood, Collingwood, Collingwood. 
we beat them here last year. It is really hard to do. We thought we were up against it. And as it was, Geelong put up 103 points to 125. We got smashed in a couple areas. They had plus 60 disposed on us. They had plus 16 inside 50s. I get the feeling, and I could be wrong, I don't necessarily feel like you'll see such a big inside 50s disparity. Collingwood 62 inside 50s in that game. Yeah. Um, I, uh, just looking through to like 233 uncontested possessions for the Pies, and they had 105 marks for the game. Like they really did spread it well on us. And I reckon a, the majority of that would have been done in the third quarter. Um, yeah. I was just trying to have a quick look while while we chatted too. How many teams have actually kicked uh, 100 points against Collingwood this season? I would love to know if that's a small number or a big number um, because we did it back in week one with Tom Hawkins playing on half a leg and missing a bunch of players. Uh, I can't get it. I'll have a look for you. Yeah, I'll I'll go into my what I want to see. I want to see that thing that we have brought in patches all season, and it's a thing that all Geelong supporters know when it's on. The final quarter against Melbourne down at Cadinia Park, probably the opening term uh, against Port, probably both games really that we've played Port, the opening quarter, you know, where we sort of race away and it looks like we're going to run over the top of teams. The last quarter against Port, that thing where it's ferocious, you know, energy to, to work together cohesively and cause a turnover. And then it's just like swashbuckling, free form, free flowing footy straight back the other way where you get guys like Brad Close involved, Max Holmes, you know, speeding through the middle or speeding along a wing, an exchange of hand passes, and you've got players like Myers pinpointing people inside 50. I just want to see that for, uh, look, we're probably not going to get it for four quarters. That's the reality. Like Collingwood's a really good team. We're probably not going to get that for four quarters. I think the only one of the few times we got that for four quarters was the grand final last year. But if we can do that for three quarters, if we could do, if we could do that for a half even and just not be terrible for the other Mm. half, that would go a long way to winning. And, and so I think maybe if I can round it to be something more specific then, or maybe I'll just add another little thing because I can. I really would like to see our defense be able to set up with support from the midfield. I feel like from memory, that's where we really fell down that last quarter. The pressure fell away. The defensive pressure fell away in the midfield. And then the back line just got cooked because they did not have time to set up to defend, which is a lot of what's happened this season where we've given up big scores. It's that the back line suddenly has no support from the midfield. And, and so then they're just being toasted back the other way anytime there's a turnover. Um, so I'd li- I, that's an extra thing I guess I'd like to see. Just like to see that cohesion um, of defensive pressure from the midfield. 
that helps yeah. um, set up the back line. Yeah, um, I have I have done a uh, a bit of a deep dive here, and there's only two other clubs. You've been to heap. Two other yeah. clubs, um, and that's not multiple times. Brisbane, once it, once it, Brisbane did it in uh, round four, and then Hawks did it um, last week. Interesting. Um, so that's it. We're we're one of three. We're one of three clubs. Um, so that that's you know that speaks volumes to our our forward line. Um, if you flip mm. it, it doesn't speak so well for Collingwood's forward line or our back line because it's not so rare that we've let through a hundred this year. Um, hundred point, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Collingwood did it. Yeah. Essendon, Essendon did it. Richmond year. did it. Fremantle did it. Port Adelaide did it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's 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 been a little bit more more common, but it's funny because it is really real brain fades when you go through it. You kind of go, oh. Yeah, Freeman will put 106 on us back in round 10, and then you go forward to mm. Melbourne. Melbourne only got 63 points against us. Um, mm. it's just bizarre. And, <laughs> and the Essendon got 45 against, against against us the next time. You know, so we it, in a game it, that we it, felt like we belted them, they kicked what 104 to 132 in round seven. Yeah, and then you yeah. fast forward to um, round 18. We got 122, so our score was comparable, and they they had 45. Like, what a, what a, what a weird year! I mean, all around, but de- definitely for the cats, what a weird year. I, I think it's it would be really interesting to go back and have a look too. I feel like if you get think about the Fremantle loss, they had a heap of uncontested ball. That one yeah. where they put 100 points on us. Um, Brisbane, oh no, Brisbane didn't do it to us, did they? It was Freo Essendon again, like. They're teams that can spread it, and that's how Collingwood did it to us in the end, was once they were able to spread away and, and, and once we dropped off from space. But when we're really good defensively, when we can really suffocate teams, um, they can't score against us. It's yeah. a really good back line. So if we can even break even in the midfield, it goes such a long way to, to helping our back line really get on top. Um, because even when the midfield doesn't play well, the back line at times is able to bail us out for, you know, a quarter at a time or whatever, where they're just under siege. So um, if you can split the midfield contest, it goes a long way. Uh, All right, we're going to go now and do our Patreon match predictions. So if you'd like to hear that part of the show, please jump on and support us on Patreon, $3.50 US per month. We'd love to see you over there. Until next time, go Cats. Go Cats.